Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first, and their covered wagons, they find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hello, this is Chris with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest today is Stephen Blum with pubnub.com. Hi, Stephen. How's it going? Hey, it's going very good, Chris. Thank you for having me today. Awesome. Yeah, I'm glad that you're here. Stephen, give us a bit about your background. Oh, yeah. Um, Great question. I've been entrepreneurial my whole life, built lots of different companies, had some successes, had some failures, and uh, currently working on PubNub right now for since 2010. We're a data streaming company that allows you to make phones ring, turn on and off light bulbs on your IoT devices. We have connectivity in every country on the planet, and most of every IoT device in your home today is connected to PubNub. Very cool. (laughs) Awesome. So uh, tell us more about the data streaming side of PubNub. Yeah, we started off with doing audience uh, collaboration. If you've got a big, big TV show, let's say uh, American Idol, you want to have the audience vote or interact or provide chat or have some sort of feedback mechanism to provide their mood or sentiment of the current sing-songer person on stage. That's, that was the original reason we built PubNub, was so that you could have interact with an audience, take out your phone, press the sad button because that song is not good right now, click it, click it, click it, it aggregates the results. And then live on television, the results are displayed and they match what's on your phone. Uh, that, that's, uh, uh, that's the main reason we built PubNub. 
Um, now today we've expanded the use cases. Uh, you've heard of Lyft and uh, Uber. Those are those car companies that allow you to, you know, press a button on your phone to order and hail a taxi. Um, we work with Lyft, not Uber. You press that button on your phone to sit, hail a taxi. That's that's a message. That message goes to the taxi driver. It appears on his phone as a fare offer. He gets to choose whether he wants to accept your fare or not. Presses a button that goes back to your phone. That's another signal. Those are the signals that we provide uh, for taxi hailing companies, and it's taken off like crazy. Everyone wants to copy Uber. They all want to copy Lyft, and they're all using PubNub for this today. Oh, great, fantastic. So, with um, going on from the data streaming to Internet of Things devices, yeah. how do those? How does that work? Let's get into that some. Uh, there's some there's some fun bits. Uh, there's some security can, uh, security concerns, right? We've had that that October 21st uh, attack. You remember uh, Dyne, which was a major DNS provider powering almost every company, Twitter, Amazon.com, PubNub as well, uh, different um, CDN companies. What happened was there was a security vulnerability in a bunch of baby monitor cameras. And since these devices were able to be C2C uh, uh, command and controlled, uh, a la a PubNub-like service that was not secure, those pathways were able to uh, be leveraged and take over every single one of the devices to then start spamming a bunch of datagrams, a bunch of UDP datagrams over port 53, the Dyn's DNS anticasts network, which took them down completely. That means you're no longer to look up. You're no longer able to look up the uh, the IP address of websites uh, for apps and other things like that, which would allow you to visit Twitter.com or order a taxi or uh, you name it X Y Z. That completely destroyed uh, you know Dyn, the reputation and all the businesses around it due to insecure IoT device connectivity. Uh, luckily, that was not PubNub, right? <laughs> that was not our yeah. connectivity. That was a another connectivity. And so since then, since that day, uh, a whole torrent of IoT companies were looking for a secure way to be able to control their devices, have their end users pop open their phone on their app and switch on and off their light bulbs in their hallway, in their garage, uh, you name it. And so what we offer our customers, their software developers, uh, we offer them SDKs that allow you to install them onto your IoT device. They open a forever long-lived TCP connection to our network uh, that is secured, uh, tunneled through TLS, and uh, encrypted. You're able to leverage that communication with your phone uh, to send signals to turn those light bulbs on and off. And so you'll install an SDK on iOS on your phone as well to make that happen. And you'll fix a command uh, button on your phone app to initialize, uh, initialize that connection. Um, so that's, that's kind of like the genesis of where we've been with IoT devices. Now we've got, uh, you've probably heard of Samsung Smart Bridges, Logitech's uh, Harmony. Um, we've got Wink and Vivint and you just, you just name it. The list goes on and on. Some of those are bigger ones. Um, and, and yeah, we, we love it. And the, it's fantastic. We haven't really done too much marketing or advertising around IoT specifically. However, we just happen to have like that ideal performant solution that worked perfectly for IoT devices. You say that the security factor is the, the, the biggest part of that uh, ideal presence, or are there some other factors? 
Uh, yes, so the security is number one. That's most important. We've even uh, had some interesting uh, government uh, communication visit us on site specifically about this. They realized that uh, a lot of IoT vendors are using unsecure networks, and they wanted to ensure that we were as well. So they gave us a whole bunch of tips and tricks, uh, which turns out we were already using, which was great. So after that D-Day of the D Dyn DNS being taken out, um, we started seeing a ton of customers specifically for our security. There's one more thing you asked about, is there another reason? The other one is latency. Now, if you, if you have a traditional light bulb in your house and you have a switch on the wall, you're gonna go over to the wall and you're gonna press the switch, flip the switch up or down. That's gonna you know, turn the light bulb on and off. That happens like instantly. Like as soon as you press that switch, the light bulb goes on. You want that same exact experience of speediness when you're interacting with your mobile phone and in your home. One of the things PubNub does is guarantee latency of less than a quarter of a second delivery anywhere on the planet. So even if you're off vacationing downtown Tokyo and your home's here in Silicon Valley, you can turn off your light bulb using your phone in less than a quarter of a second, that light switch will then be invoked. So latency is key. You're going to expect the same uh, thing with the light switch on the wall as with your app. And that's something that we're also able to provide. Very cool. So how do you, how does the signal travel so fast um, from like, you know, Tokyo to your house or whatever? <laughs> Chris, that's awesome. That's awesome that you asked that. This, uh, it's an unfrequent question. Most people just say, oh, okay, that's cool that you do that. Um, you're asking how and why. We have a specialized patented technology, 14, 14 patents uh, to our name, uh, that, will, um, that we've used to create a globally distributed network, globally distributed. Now, of course, any API service provider out there, you can access their endpoints anywhere on the planet. We've done it different. We have spun up data centers on almost every continent and nation that allow your mobile device and your IoT home device to connect to the closest data center. Once they do that, that allows them to have uh, the fastest path uh, between the two endpoint devices trying to exchange information. This is something that CDN providers do. You're probably familiar with Akamai and Cloudflare and Fastly. Fastly is my favorite, personally. They give you the option to front end all of your connectivity with them and they do origin fetch. That's a little different than us. Since we're a signaling network, we do uh, data push. It's uh, sort of like the reverse of a CDN. However, we still use a CDN model for our architecture approach. And that's where our patents lie. The globally distributed network that allows us to have extremely fast delivery of signals. And allows you to turn your light bulb on and off anywhere on the planet as fast as you could do with a light bulb switch on the wall. That's unique. I, a lot of, um, I'm sure a lot of people at think, oh, it has to travel over this distance and, you know, has to go through these pathways. But having those uh, distributed sites, um, yeah, that, that, that totally makes a lot of sense. So <laughs> what, do you think is, what do you think is kind of in the, the future of this globally distributed network? What other pathways are there in addition to Internet of Things and, and um, technology in general? Uh, good question. So we've been hearing a lot about this uh, blockchain thing come up, right? And what does this blockchain thing mean? Why are there so many different blockchains? Why can't there just be one blockchain? There are some considerations of creating blockchains on top of PubNub. In fact, this is something we've done. Uh, we've experimented with it. It's neat. It's fun. You can create your own cryptocurrencies on top of PubNub. You can create your own logistics tracking information on top of PubNub as the mechanism of transit. Um, when devices are connecting and you want to have a, um, 
a decentralized network. PubMub is being used to create the connections between devices, uh, right? When you when your device comes online, you know what your IP address is, but no one else knows what your IP address. You need some sort of little medium exchange. You've probably heard of Torrent Protocol. Torrent Protocol has these websites that list out seeds, uh, people who host files. You need a similar infrastructure to exchange IP information so that way devices can connect in a decentralized manner. Uh, that was a fun exploration for us. Um, we can go in more detail on that um, a little bit later. However, uh, blockchain's fun. We also go down the path of simple notifications. You know on your phone, you probably have Apple or Android, which, uh, do you know which one you have? Of course you know, but I'm just curious. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah, uh, so like um, on your Android or Apple phone, you'll receive these notifications on your home screen. They just pop up, they make a little ding-a-ling sound. Uh, that is powered by Apple's network or Google's network, and those messages show up on the phone. Now, if you're running on other platforms, uh, say your own device, uh, maybe it's a it's a, an app on a desktop computer, or it's a smart TV, or uh, you name it, it's a whole bunch of different devices that are just not those phones, you will still want those capabilities to push notifications to your end users. Hey, there's this new TV show on, you should check it out. Oh, hey, we need to roll an update, you'll see it soon, here's the new features. That is a capability that we're also selling to other companies such as Samsung and uh, you know TVs and smart fridges and things like that. They're gonna show those notifications on your fridge. Hey, we've noticed that you're saving 33% on your electricity bill due to the smart saving feature of your smart fridge. It's just those neat little analytical tidbits and advertisements that keep customers satisfied, happy, and loyal to the brand. Um, that's what push, push notifications provide, keeps bringing you back to the product. So yeah. for, for that makes, oh. sense. that makes a lot of sense for TV and uh, for refrigerators. Tell us about some other IoT devices that the notifications might we, we might not have thought about. Uh, some, all right, so you've probably heard of Amazon Alexa. That is, you know, of course, a device that's powered by your voice. You sort of ask Alexa with the key phrase, hey, Alexa, blah, 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 I want to know something, something. Um, that uh, these days they now have a GUI, like a, a sort of a, a screen on front of them. There's these new ones out that display a clock and have pictures and can do video phone calls. Uh, these new types of devices have the ability to display notifications, to display information on a screen as it's idle or as you approach it. Um, there are new Kickstarter companies and new uh, other products lines that are coming out from uh, existing manufacturers that have that same sort of approach. They're trying to compete with Google and Amazon on those. Um, we are working with those types of vendors to power those notifications, those soccer push update, uh, things like that, that help them control the devices in the field, uh, help them push notifications to their end users and uh, give them informa information about you know, the weather locally, the traffic, uh, all sorts of fun things. Just, just data is constantly streaming to those devices. And that's something that we provide. That's what PubNub does. And that's some new future tech that's coming out and you'll see pretty soon. Oh, um, are you able to talk about that or? Mm -mm, nope. <laughs> Not yet, okay. You yes. just have to wait and see, okay. Exactly. So the, um, the simple notifications and the distributed, the globally distributed network, they sound like very unique solutions to, um, to issues that you've encountered along the way. What are some other unique solutions that PubNub has come up with? Um, that's a, uh, so our number, 
top usage of the network, we have a number one usage of the network. It's something that we haven't talked about yet, and it's gaming. Multiplayer gaming, when you're interacting with players around the planet on your mobile phone, you'll need a network that has low latency, even under extreme environments, that has ability to store and forward important messages to those phones since they have spotty connections, their IP address changes, or they're going Wi-Fi to 4G connectivity. That's uh, problems really good there. Really, really good for multiplayer games. You you press the swing sword command. That needs to be that command needs to be synchronized between all the players in that world. And that's in fact the top usage on our network today is uh, messages that are those commands of sword swings, uh, player movements, playing a tile on a Scrabble game, words with friends type deal. Uh, it's it's kind of surprising that uh, that is the number one use of our network, it's not the number one revenue source. It's just the top message consumption is those types of games. And they're really fun. Um, Pocket Gems, if you're familiar, Pocket Gems is a fantastic uh, studio that's constantly publishing new and fun, engaging multiplayer games that, uh, that are, are exploding on the app stores uh, constantly. Why do you think those are exploding? Uh, it's the volume of users uh, the, and, and the volume of countries, the disbursement across the planet. It's kind of surprising. Um, you've got like even Uber isn't uh, quite as dis- uh, distributed as these mobile games. Like they're not practical and they're not pushing humanity forward. They're 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 time right. It's a uh, it's these time-consuming fun things that humans just need to do. I uh, um, you know to do background processing or whatever. I love games. I play games all the time. Um, and it's it's great. It's actually what got me into computers in general is uh, video games creating this world and the fantasy behind it. It's just part of our imagination, inspiration. It's art, artistic. And it's just fun and gorgeous. And you get enthralled with it. And then you get really angry at it because you can't beat it. And then you just keep trying. <laughs> yeah. It's, ah. it's that The gamification is so coded into our DNA that, you know, it makes sense. Like I'm, I'm using some translation apps and, and, um, you know, learning how to speak some other languages. And that gamification factor makes me want to do it every single day. If it was just opening up a book and, okay, I have to go to class, then, you know, it's it's <laughs> not quite as motivating. But, man, that game factor totally brings me to it. And I know it, it brings a lot of people to, I mean, first of all, multiplayer gaming, that sort of thing. But, you know, other, other applications as well. So I think that's just something that's, you know, useful or not. It's something that's well encoded into our DNA. And it just makes, it drives us forward. What do you think about that? Oh, yeah, it's, you're totally right. It's so well encoded. In fact, it's be, I wouldn't, that's a nice way to say it. I'd say it's more of an exploit on humanity. We're, we're finding, <laughs> think, addictive personality. Like, how, how can you get a player to keep coming back, keep spending their money? Here's how. You provide these, like, little drips of endorphins over time little like little cheer bots and there's like 60 plus strategies that you can use in gamification i don't know if you've uh, seen these like card packs or these like lists of things you can do to gamify your product they work they work and it's scary it's kind of scary it's 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 asynchronous to your your passive life and you just don't know that it's happening but you're you're being manipulated but in a digital form and it's in your pocket you you're always being <laughs> It's, it's 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 awesome. It's scary. It's uh, holding us back a bit too in terms of humanity. Why aren't we in the stars yet? It's because we're playing video games. <laughs> so the, the game to get those uh, rockets built and uh, or you know other transportation we haven't thought about yet. That's that's how we we get to the stars or we get off our planet. 
You got it. You got it. Exactly. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then, and then go play games on the other planet. <laughs> there we go. Yes. That's what we have to do. We have to make it to the other planet so then we can play games there too. <laughs> nice. Le- level up. Right. So mm-hmm. with, uh, with this gamification of things and, and, you know, the excitement of all the new technology out there, we were talking a, a little bit about blockchain earlier. You mentioned that PubNub was exploring blockchain. Can we talk about that a little bit more? Absolutely. Uh, we spent a um, good chunk of R&D investigating what is this blockchain thing? What does it mean? Why is there more than one blockchain? Uh, what does it mean to mine a currency? Why are all blockchains pretty much currency oriented? Um, these, are, these are questions we wanted to explore. Um, also, you see all these coins being minted. Is there an opportunity for us? Telegram is a company you're probably familiar with, uh, this new chat mechanism. You'd think there's enough chat out there, uh, like there's um, you know, Snapchat and Facebook Messenger. You'd think that would be enough, but no, there's also Telegram. Telegram's gonna do a coin. This got us excited as well. It's like, well, if Telegram can do a coin, why can't PubNub do a coin? It turns out it's remarkably distracting and it's a whole other company initiative. You have to ask this one question, and it pretty much answers, should you do a coin for your company? Um, and the, and the, question, the answer or the question is, how, uh, if, if you can solve a problem, a sort of create business value out of a coin, and it cannot be solved by using another coin like Ethereum or Bitcoin, right? Then it makes sense for you to move forward and do the coin. There's a real business value to do it. We found one. We found a real business value to make our own PubNub coin it's, uh, called a stream, stream marketplace that allows data providers and consumers, since we have tr- uh, trillions of messages going through our network, a lot of that data is valuable. A lot of it's valuable. Some customers just want to buy that data because our customers have such a broad, dem- uh, broad demographic. Why don't we just grab some of that? Maybe we can learn some insights. How is that company succeeding in each of these countries and how are they monetizing with it? That data is valuable. That is data that we have on our network. Why don't we allow our customers to sell data to other customers using a stream marketplace? And they can do it by decentralized payments. So we can step back, they can pay each other in PubNub coin, and then they can go and sell that coin for a value or hold it as it increases. We did all the economics, works out great. The challenge, we, we, did, we chose not to do it. We chose not to do the coin because it's going to be a whole new company initiative. You need to have marketing around it. You need to show examples. You need to have a login interface. You need to be able to do accounting and debiting and crediting. We just didn't, uh, we didn't want to do that. That's not our core company. And we send and receive messages at light speed extremely reliably. And we want to continue to expand on that business. And that's why we chose not to do a coin, even though it was viable. It was a viable opportunity. That's that's a very unique perspective. It it seems that with the excitement around blockchain and especially with cryptocurrency, um, mm-hmm. everyone is trying to jump into the game somehow. And you know, we there are all the, the common things that we talk about. You you find scams and other things that come up, but that's definitely a, a unique answer to to not going with uh, not choosing to do that. So so what what other new things are you looking at for PubNub, maybe in the next year or so that you can talk about? Uh, yes, absolutely. So I'll give you the inside scoop there. Uh, we are adding some new products. One of them we just released. It's called Chat Engine. It makes it easy for you to add chat into your business, uh, into your app, into your website. 
and allow any device to communicate with what your end users have. So your end user probably has Android or your end user has a, uh, an old iPhone. We've created a SDK that allows you to easily connect those devices using chat mechanisms. Now, you don't need to have a chat SDK to build chat using PubMem. In fact, about 60% uh, of our business today is already chat customers. Um, you probably use, you probably already have PubNub on your phone right now. Um, one in 10 devices on the planet it has a PubNub connection to it already, um, and 60% uh, of that is chat. So it's difficult to do. That's the problem. To do chat correctly and have it integrate your business using PubNub, it requires a phone call with us. We need an architect to walk you through what your channel topology is going to be like. So we created an opinionated framework called Chat Engine that just does all the best practices for you. And you just invoke these simple API methods and allows you to securely control data channels, uh, who's administrator, who's moderator, who has access to read those messages, how long do the messages live for, do you want GDPR, which is an annoying uh, new compliancy thing that is coming out here in a, you know, about a month or two. It's going to be mandatory. So mandatory, in fact, that if you don't have it, the government can siphon your revenue they can siphon your revenue from your company if you're not GDR compliant, GDPR. Isn't that scary? That's very That's scary. Good. Tell us more about that. That's, uh, I think a lot of our listeners want to know. Yeah. So there's this uh, sort of the right to be forgotten. Essentially, that's the main concept. Any user, any person, any business can say, delete my data. You should not have it anymore. Get rid of it, please. That's hard. That's hard. Deleting data is difficult. Often companies have log file systems. They have records for signing in. Uh, users have access to their accounts. Different companies uh, have a lot of different product lines and they have log files for each of those. In order to honor the right to be forgotten, they have to go through, parse out from their existing log files, since usually they're multi-tenant, right? Uh, they're mixed in with a whole bunch of other people's data. They have to piece out only the information that's being requested to be deleted by that one person or that one company. That is super difficult. And even with PubMed today, we have trillions of messages. In fact, about 1.6 terabytes of data is transited per hour on PubMed. That's a ton of data. And it's a whole torrent of customers, right? And hundreds of millions of devices. If one person says, forget me, we can do that. We've, we were able to accomplish that and we're selling that to our customers as well, uh, saying pretty much included. Every business needs that. What is the, what's the due date? What's the due date for that? Two years ago. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so, oh no, oh no, what do we do? So it's two years past the due date. The government said there is a grace period. The grace period ends, I believe, this May. May 20th or something like that. I don't know what the specific date is, but essentially the end of this quarter. Um, so if you don't have that, the government will start prodding and poking and seeing which companies are not able to comply, and they'll start issuing, I guess, these requests for, how, how are they going to enforce it? I don't know. But they're going to try to make your life hard if you don't have it. Fair enough. Yeah, that's, uh, it sounds like you don't need to worry about that. Yeah. But maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe everybody else, but, but not uh, PubNub. So uh, what other new products do you have, Kevin? Um, so we do have uh, some new products that we haven't talked about, we haven't announced, that we haven't decided that we're going to do, but we have partially R&D'd. And it, in, it involves other types of uh, opinionated frameworks, such as our chat engine framework that allows you to build chat easily into your app. We'll be building other kinds of frameworks in other industries 
that make it simple for businesses to get much started much more quickly. And that's the key. That's what you pay a business for. You pay a business because they make your life easier in some way. I use a company called um, <clears throat> Instacart a lot. It's a button you press that delivers food to your home. Uh, and you can get it delivered in about an hour. It's, uh, it's fantastic. And you, it's easy. It's cheap. You don't have to go to the store. You don't have to pick out stuff. You pay a little bit of premium on top, but that's, that's what you pay a business for, is that, that easy, that easiness. Here's, here's my ultimate goal for any company. If, you know, with PubNub, it might not be possible, but if you can offer a service that a customer magically gets and they don't have to do anything, they don't have to invest research time, reading documentation, installing SDKs, they don't have to be a developer. There's just a money button that you can say, give me money and you magically get this thing. That's the easiest thing possible. That's the ultimate goal. We want to get as close to that as possible. We want to make that product as easy as possible to use and as minimal amount of time to use it. That's, what, that's when customers love you. That's when you get your champions and you get that viral growth effect. We've, we've seen that with PubNub itself. And as we keep making it easier for different industries, we're going to uh, continue on that path. Um, I'll give you a little hint. It will be along the lines of connected cars and uh, home, home automation and uh, other, other big things like that. Since we have a ton of IoT devices connected to us already, we know what our customers are doing. We know where they have a hard time. We're going to make those parts easier. And IoT devices will be secure, much easier to deploy in the marketplace. That's really exciting to hear. I know that thinking forward about the future in general, having the connected cars and home automation, it's those things that we, we used to see in movies or we used to see, a, you know, maybe a, a theme park and now it's becoming reality. So that's, that's so exciting that it's practically here or almost here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, it's, uh, we, we, we refer to movies a lot uh, here at, at PubNub. We call it the Hollywood operating system. It's that... It's that operating system that you see on the screen. You see the progress bar, like go and have the sound effect, and then it finishes, and it's like all these things with around. And yeah, that's uh, that's becoming modern today. And people are remote control. You've got that um, that glove that allows you to swipe the screen and move things around. And uh, yes, that's happening today. We're we're powering a lot of that future technology, and it's uh, it's getting pretty exciting to see what our customers are building using PubNub. Well, Stephen, it's been great chatting with you today. Do you have any uh, final thoughts or ways that we might be able to communicate with you and find out more about PubNub? What's the best way to hear all updates about a company? You know, I'd, I would say uh, uh, go, to the, go to the website and uh, try it out. I think that's the, if you're a developer, if you're a software developer and you're curious about data connectivity and uh, TCP sockets and protocols like MQTT, HTTP2, WebSockets. Go to pubnub.com, sign up, try an SDK in your favorite language, Ruby, Python, PHP, uh, Objective-C, Swift. It's going to be Swift these days, uh, Java, you know, Node.js. We've got every SDK and every platform supported. And you know what? Here's, here's the kicker. If you find a platform that we don't support, we will. We will support it. Nice. Nice bonus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah, Steven, thank you, Chris. Yeah, thanks again for joining us today. And Stephen Blum with PubNub.com. And we'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. We hope to see you next time here on the Future Tech Podcast. Mm-hmm.
Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018. The Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. <laughs>